Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Impact Podcast. Uh, once again, I'm Brent Smith, your host here with you today. It is Tuesday, February 6th, and um, our chapter of the day, just to go ahead and tell you, is 2 Timothy chapter 1. Um, we are joined by a special guest who joined us a couple weeks back, and he did so well, he's at high demand, so we had him come back. Sweet. Uh, Michael Miller. <laughs> Say hey to everybody. Hey everybody. I just repeat what Brent says. <laughs> um, and then uh, Jacob is not joining us today. He had something else to do, but Mr. Daniel Yelverton is with us. Pastor Daniel Yelverton, say hello, Pastor. <laughs> hey, how's it going, everybody? <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's always good to be back with you guys. Um, another week here doing the podcast, episode 14. Um, so unless, unless you guys have anything that we need to get into, we'll go ahead and just get into the scripture here. Um sure. Daniel, will you tell them about soap real quick? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, for those of you who are just joining us, uh, we use a soap method when it comes to studying Scripture, and that is we read the Scriptures, and then we talk about observations. So what sticks out to us uh, in the Scriptures, and then we go, so that's the O of soap, and then we do A is application. Uh, so we just try, try to pull the truth out from the Scripture and talk about what it looks like to apply it to our lives. And then the last thing we do is prayer, which is perfect. All right, so thank you, Daniel, for explaining that for us. Um, and we always stay in the ESV version of the Bible, if you want to follow along. Um, so we'll go ahead and get started with uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1. Um, Michael, go ahead and start us if you would. Then sure. Daniel. All right. All right, 2 Timothy chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father, in Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see you, that I may be filled with joy. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me as prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. And which now has been manifested through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, for which I was appointed a preacher and apostle and teacher. Which is why I suffer as I do. But I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I'm convinced that he is able to guard until the, that day uh, what has been entrusted to me. Follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me, and the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. You are aware that all who are in Asia turned away from me, among whom are Phagellus and Hermogenes. May the Lord grant mercy to the household of Onesiphorus, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. But when he arrived in Rome, he searched for me earnestly and found me. 
May the Lord grant him to find mercy from the Lord on that day. And you well know all the service he rendered at Ephesus. All right, that wraps up the chapter for today. Um, observations. The first observation is that Brent nailed that. <laughs> uh, say that. How was that? Onesiphorus. Onesiphorus. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that, that's the best thing observation that I have, Brent. <laughs> I really feel like we well, can thanks. just go home now. Uh, that's yeah. the end of the podcast, guys. <laughs> we'll see you next week. <laughs> yeah, you don't know how long it took me to actually say the the other ones. Yeah, I'm just what is it? it? Is it like Euciphorus and Phagellus? Phagellus oh, and Hermogenes. Hermogenes, yes. yeah. Yeah, we uh, just so you guys know, we do a lot of editing on this podcast behind the scenes to keep it smooth. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. This is live, Brent. <laughs> yeah, especially with all the names that we get. Yeah. All right. But any observations? Uh, Michael, actually, um, do you want to... Um, so Michael and I talked a little bit a couple days ago about um, doing the podcast today and about what Second uh, Timothy is all about. Would you give us a little bit of that background? Sure. You know, first off, let me say something that's that we didn't talk about. But mm-hmm. um, when my grandma died a few years ago, um, about six months before she passed away, she wrote me a letter. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I cherish that letter. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the reason why is because th- this was towards the tail end of her life. She knew that she was going to pass away sometime in the near future. And, and she wrote something to me, and she was my spiritual mentor, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. So the contents of that letter are, are, are really important. Mm-hmm. And that's the same kind of thing that's going on here between Paul and Timothy. Mm-hmm. I mean, we see here at the beginning of this chapter that, you know, Paul calls Timothy like his child or his son. Mm-hmm. I mean, he mentions some things in here like, um, that he longs to see him. He mentions his, his grandmother and his mother, um, he, you know, and he mentions kind of that, that Paul himself was lonely. So, so this is like a really emotional letter mm. that, that Paul is in prison. He knows that he's going to be executed. I know this isn't the, the order that we have as found in the scripture, but um, this is Paul's last letter. This is the last thing that Paul writes. So the emotions here are, are on high. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah. So, so Paul, again, he's writing this letter to what he considers to be his son, and he's given him like last pieces of advice, you know, to help, helping him to, to persevere, to endure, and he's helping him to, to find new mentorship and to avoid false doctrine and, and false teachers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, man, this, th- this should make you like, you know, tear up a little bit when you read this, <laughs> when you think about the context of this. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, I guess in short, that's kind of the background of, of what we're reading. Oh, and Timothy... Um, by the way, because I talked about Paul, Timothy was uh, like a fellow missionary with Paul. We like to call him a pastor, and sure, he was filling that pastoral role at Ephesus at the time that this you know, where this is written. Mm-hmm. But he's more like a like Paul's coworker. He's a, he's a fellow missionary. He wasn't just some stationary pastor. I mean, he's a, he's a traveling missionary as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I love that you uh, bring to life what we're reading here, because sometimes we can just go through Scripture and just not really understand the backstory, yeah. not really understand the, uh, the heart of the author, not only that being the Holy Spirit, but also Paul here as he's writing and pinning these words down or even dictating these words, uh, that there is so much uh, love and passion mm-hmm. behind it. And not only that, Timothy is somebody that he invested so much of his life and time into, uh, he was uh, definitely, uh, like you said, a beloved child mm-hmm. to him, and um, and so I think it's great to have that perspective because then we can see the 
um, I guess the emphasis that he put of what he, he specifically talks about in this chapter and why this is so important as he's passing these kind of final words sure. onto Timothy. Um, imagine it, Daniel. Imagine, because uh, you've got a couple kids, you've got a new one too, you know? Yep. Uh, fast forward, you know, several years in, in the future, and imagine, you know, God forbid, right? But you're facing death, and, and you may or may not see your kids again, mm. and you're imprisoned. And, and you're pinning out, or like you said, possibly dictating, depending on the situation, your last letter to your kids. Mm-hmm. Imagine the kinds of things that you would write. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd, you'd be telling your kids, hey, man, stay strong. I know that I, you've seen a lot of difficult things happening, but, man, hang in there. Endure. Stay strong. You know, d- you do you, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and you'd be telling exactly them. Exactly what I would and, say. And, <laughs> and like every parent would do. Like yeah. every parent. You'd also be telling them. Hey guys, you know, stay away from bad people. Stay, you know, people are going to teach you all kinds of terrible things. Stay away from them. Mm-hmm. Does, does that make sense? And we see those two themes big time here in Second Timothy. We see a big theme of endurance mm-hmm. and a big theme of stay away from false teachers. Yeah, I think one of the things that I, uh, even since since, I, since we've had kids, Lainey and I is is thinking about this even at such a young age and. I can't take any credit for this idea. This was totally Lainey, but she um, has been, uh, we've been doing videotapes, or she's been doing videos uh, of just us speaking to our children, of like sharing memories about them, of what we see in them, what personalities we see in them, what giftings we see in them, even at such a young age. And uh, I think that um, it's kind of like Paul, obviously he didn't have, iPhones, so he wasn't able to video himself talking to Timothy, but this is an opportunity for him to pass along everything that not only he isn't trying to encourage him about, but also I think Paul says everything he sees in Timothy. You know, he encourages him uh, is in a way of, here's what I see in you, here's what you've been already, here's what you have access to because of uh, the Holy Spirit that's been given to you, and, and continue uh, and so it's not only here are the warning signs, but also here's the encouragement, here's the blessing, here's the thing that I see in you that I want you to continue to champion and continue to carry through. Um, and I, that that for me, like verses 6 through uh, 7 is really impactful. He says, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, uh, which uh, is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. And I love that Paul is encouraging him in his gifting. He's saying, you received a gift, now fan it into flame, like continue to to press into it, continue to use it, continue to exercise it, continue to um, build into uh, the gift that you've been given. And, and not, I think there is, the first thing I think about when I think about the whole spirit of fear and this is, I think, about the parable of the talents. And the master gave the three servants, one five talents, one two talents, and one one talent. And it was like the guy with one talent had fear. And so he decided that he wasn't going to do anything with it. And so he buried it. And Paul's saying, hey, don't have fear when it comes to the gifting that you've been given. Instead, exercise that gifting with the power of the Holy Spirit, through the love of God, and with a kind of like self-control or a sound mind, knowing that... The, not only the value of the gift, but also what the gift is actually intended to be used for. Mm-hmm. And keep in mind how practical this advice actually is. Yeah. Because, um, you know, Paul and Timothy, well, Paul, first off, um, 
he's executed later. Uh, you know, and, and if you look at church history, um, it was a really rough 300 years, you know, but before Constantine, you know, became emperor of Rome and, and, and Christianity became like a state religion. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, these guys were getting killed. Mm-hmm. So when he's talking about like, you know, God didn't give us a spirit of fear, <laughs> that's like really practical, mm-hmm. you know, because it's like, hey, Timothy, hey, look, dude, you're probably going to die. You know, you're probably going to get killed for this stuff. But don't be scared, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, but it's truth because, you know, through through church history, these martyrs, they went to their deaths unafraid. Mm. So, I mean, so I'm not disagreeing with you or anything. I'm just saying just on top of it, looking at the actual situation, you know, these are big words from Paul. Sure. You know, because because and, and and again, like I said a few minutes ago, a major point, a major theme of this letter is endurance because mm-hmm. as Paul's has has endured to the end, he talks later about like how running the race and how he's going to receive his crown and, and all these things that he's endured to the end. He's encouraging his spiritual son to endure to the end as well without fear. Mm. And also, I think that the the choice of words that he uses power, love, and self control is uh, is one. It's it's really um, I love I love those three words that Paul particularly mm-hmm. uses because of the power of God in us uh, to be used for and to exercise love, you know, and that is the greatest way that we can show that we're disciples. But the self-control is more of like, it's almost like a sound mind. Like we know what we're supposed to be doing. You know, it's almost like an on mission kind of mentality that says, all right, uh, when I have self-control, then I know that if, you know, I'm not out there trying to seek my own thing. I know that like, God has given me this gift. God has given me this power. God has given me the ability to love all these people. So I'm going to use it and leverage it in a way that's going to not only honor him, but also uh, give me, you know, the abundant life that Jesus is promising. Uh, And so uh, I just, Paul, I love that Paul is definitely just, he's passing on these character traits that he, that he desires to see in Timothy. And, uh, and I think even in my own, in my own life, um, any three of those become sabotaged if one is absent. Absolutely. You know, if I can have power and self-control but not love, then I'm just oppressive and I'm leveraging my power for my own gain. If I can have uh, power and love and no self-control, then I'm not I'm not narrowed in and I'm not focused on what God has called me to do. And if I have love and self-control but I don't have the power, then I'm just, I'm, I feel like there's kind of like a passivity that can be with that. You know, but the power comes in and it gives you the initiation. And so I just, I think I love that he uses those three words when he describes the spirit that God has given us. And I think it's, I think the self-control there um, can be missed. Yes. Because we think power and love. Uh, Brent and I were talking, you know, before we recorded uh, about, about a book that's on yourself, Deep and Wide by Andy Stanley. And, you know, there are churches and there are Christians, there are people who overvalue the power and the truth and, and they want to beat you over the head with their Bible. Right. And, and, and it's more of like a, I'm better than you. And let me just pound this gospel into your head. Mm-hmm. And, and that's power. Right. But then there's self-control and self-control is done with love that mm-hmm. no, and that's what I said with Andy Stanley with his deep and wide book. He talks about 
grace versus truth. Truth is like that power, that that tough guy thing of I'm going to pound you with the truth. But then you have the, the side of uh, which is graceful, which is the, is oh everything's okay, we love everybody, <laughs> and and uh, everybody welcome to the church, and everything's fine, and and finding that balance, and 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 I think love is that balance because mm-hmm. you have power, and and you have self control. And the balance between the two of those is love. Does, sure. that, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think I think that's important here that that we we can have that power, we can have that truth, and we can also have you know that self control through love to 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 be able to preach the gospel with love instead of with fear. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think I, truthfully, I think that ties really well into um, what we're talking about here with what Timothy is saying. I mean. It's it's the parenting thing. Like you have to find that balance, or else you're failing too hard one way or on the other side. You know, mm-hmm. you've got to still discipline, be strict with things, and teach them the things they need to know. And sometimes they're going to be kids, and you have to go, hey, <laughs> get it together, get back on track, focus. But you still need to let them know that you love them too. Yeah, and Nail- it is. It's that. It's that balance. It's that razor's edge of. Parenthood, basically. Mm-hmm. Nail on the head, because one thing I wanted to mention, because you talk about parenting. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one thing that I was always taught as a kid, and I think it makes sense, is when you see a therefore, you figure out what it's there for. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and <laughs> there's not exactly a therefore, but in, in verse 6, it says, For this reason, which is what we're talking about. You know, for this reason, yeah. I remind you to, uh, to fan the flame in the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on my hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. So, like... He's he's caveating off of something, so he says for well, what, for what, and we find out that um, you know Paul's talking to Timothy about his grandma and his mom, mm. you know a parental structure, mm-hmm. and that he's telling them stuff this stuff because Timothy already knows this. Mm-hmm. His his grand his grandma and his, and his and his mom have already taught Timothy this lesson, and Paul's doing nothing but reminding Timothy of what he already knows. Mm-hmm. So I th- I think that's interesting that you know that that Paul's just reminding him, and, and and this is this is something that he's got from his from his parents. Yeah, I think that's really powerful what you were saying there, Michael, about just the not only rem- the reminding. Uh, often it's uh, we get an opportunity to read through Scripture. Um, but sometimes it takes another person to see kind of outside of the situation to remind us about the truth of God, mm-hmm. um, where we can have people that come alongside us and they can say, you know this, you know this because you know Scripture or you've been reading Scripture. or It's just kind of like a, a coming alongside as a brother in Christ or a sister in Christ. And you're saying uh, and encouraging them to kind of um, remember, to go mm-hmm. back to, 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 to understand the gifting that God has either given them or the salvation that God's given them or the grace that God's mm-hmm. given them or the power that God's given them within their present circumstances. Uh, and, uh, and it's great because Paul can almost uh, continually remind Timothy, because this is in letter form, mm-hmm. and Timothy can constantly kind of go back to it. But I like it how we can actually kind of take that and flesh it out as the body of Christ, so we can come alongside each other and we can remind each other about the truths of God. We can remind each other about uh, what God has done for us and who He is and what He says about us. Mm-hmm. And that can uh, vastly change our perspective when it comes to certain circumstances. And so uh, you see a lot of how Paul and Timothy's relationship modeled a lot about just mentorship and discipleship. Mm-hmm. Yes. They, uh, how he, Paul, was concerned about the well-being of Timothy. He was affectionate to him, 
and that he loved him so much. But he was constantly encouraging him and exhorting him and how and helping him remember uh, the not only the power of the gospel in him, but the saving power of Jesus in him. And that's why he said, and if you want, like, therefore, says in number eight, so don't be ashamed. Absolutely. Don't be ashamed about me, even though this is a bad situation for me. Don't be ashamed about Jesus. Um, but uh, then he starts rehearsing the gospel again. So it's it's really, he's reinforcing what Timothy already knows. And I think sometimes we can feel like that's redundant. But given the present situation, what people are in, if we have, you know, the opportunity to speak truth into somebody's situation, you know, that can be a lifeline for help uh, yeah. to shift their perspective about what's really going on in their life. Mm, yeah. That's why we call it the good news. Because mm-hmm. like, like where you're going with this is, you know, that we have this truth, right, that that, that Paul, that, that Timothy knows from his grandma and his mom and that, and that we, we don't have to be afraid. We know these things. But, you know, he continues to, to where we said where we get to that therefore, you know, to not be ashamed. And if you skip down and figure out what we're not ashamed about, down to like verse 10, in which now has been manifested through the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Like, man. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what we're not ashamed of. Yeah. So that, so you're seeing the sound teaching that Timothy has had from, 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 his, from his parents. And you see that, that Paul's reinforcing that. And, and what it is that's being reinforced is the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and I feel like you know we should have like an amen there because that's that's good stuff. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You know we're not we're not ashamed, and we can and see the thing is is that in the face of death, in the face of suffering and persecution and all these things, we have um, we have Jesus. You know that we we don't need to be ashamed. We don't need to be afraid because I don't know about you, but I know what's going to happen to me when I die. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty confident. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, not, I'm not scared. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Now, don't get me wrong. It's not like I'm trying to go you know, see if I can get myself in some kind of trouble and try to get into a car accident or something crazy, you know? Yeah. And and even like uh, uh, kind of continuing what, what Paul is encouraging Timothy to do, in uh, verse 13 and 14, he talks about following the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me, uh, continuing to reinforce what he has been sharing with Timothy that in the faith and the love that you are in Christ Jesus and by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us guard the good deposit that's entrusted to you yeah and I think that's a really he's he's kind of really narrowing in on a very important thing that Timothy needs to do that above all else he needs to guard the good deposit uh, no we talked about this you Michael you and my uh, we've talked about this recently about uh, understanding, uh, like knowing what's true in a situation. And once you have like a true perspective about the situation, how that shifts everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and you talked about that Paul a little later in this, um, in this uh, book uh, to Timothy, he's going to talk about false teaching. Mm-hmm. And so it's understanding that Paul, like his confidence in what he knows for sure is the gospel of Jesus, what he knows that God has given him, what he knows, how much God loves him through the act of Jesus, guard that. You know, guard that above all else uh, because there's going to be so many things that are going to be coming against him, whether it's going to be physical persecution that's going to want to, like, kind of crumble that belief that God is for him and not against him kind of thing, whatever it may be. You know, and for us, I think it's 
it's this is kind of a constant thing that's under attack is um is understanding what we do, what we truly have inside us and the benefit that we have with the holy spirit and guarding that uh, don't allow other things to influence our thoughts when it comes to the truth about who god is uh, how much he does love us and all that he came to do for us if there's no other real observations in here uh, kind of what we just talked about earlier about guarding uh, with the good deposit, the good deposit that's entrusted to you, and um, just thoughts from you guys. What do you think that actually looks like? Like, so that's the command that Paul is giving Timothy. He's giving him the command to guard this good deposit. But practically, you know, a day on day out basis, what does he think? What do you think that looks like? I'm pretty sure it's not standing there with a rifle, protecting <laughs> it. I was thinking more of a shield. <laughs> yeah, I think that that. That's the beautiful thing about this is, and this is something I kind of want to mention anyway, that I think as Christians, we tend to look at scripture one chapter at a time. Mm-hmm. And that's not bad. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that chapter a day is bad, okay? <laughs> but keep reading because I think Paul kind of answers that question as we go mm-hmm. because he's basically posing that question, how do we endure? How, how, do, you, how do you guard this, right? Mm-hmm. And then he goes on and he says, Hey, and, you know, we see in later chapters, he's like, hey, uh, Timothy, stay away from false teachers. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Don't quarrel was what he talks about in chapter two. There's going to be disagreements. Quarreling doesn't help anybody. Mm-hmm. When you move from chapter two to chapter three, in chapter two, we're talking about these false teachers. And then in chapter three, we move on to this description about what these guys look like. Right. And all this bad stuff. And so, again, we're, the first phase is, is with this endurance and with this this idea of how to guard uh, against you know the bad stuff is to avoid like Geigo you know you know garbage in garbage out don't put the garbage in mm-hmm. if there's false teachers stay away from them and that's mm-hmm. what he's that's what Paul tells Timothy in, in chapter three but then if you want to put the good stuff in in chapter three that's where we have a conversation about scripture mm-hmm. put the good stuff in put scripture in it's good for reproach it's good for discipline right it's good for learning yeah. and then in chapter four he basically tells Timothy now go take that and preach it. Mm-hmm. So I think that Paul answers that question in the text. And to kind of carry on with, or even a follow-up question to, to what you're saying, which I totally agree with what that looks like as far as guarding, um, how can we personally, and even just uh, even encourage our listeners um, about identifying false teaching and false teachers? Oh, I have a thought on that one. Do you want to steal it, Brent, before I say anything? No, go ahead. Okay. We always look at this outwardly. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying Paul is saying look inward, but there's just something that I think about. Mm-hmm. We're always looking about these scriptures about false teachers saying, okay, um, where are these false teachers? Who are they, right? Yeah, you can, you can look and you can try, but look internal. Yeah. Am, am I a false teacher? Is Brent a false teacher? Is mm-hmm. Daniel a false teacher? And, and, and I don't mean that accusationally, mm-hmm. but... I think that a healthy application here is to look at your own stuff, look at your own theology mm-hmm. and say, am I right? Am I wrong? And then the question is, Daniel, why? Mm. And I, I truly believe that Jesus is right because I actually like that guy, <laughs> that you'll know him by their fruits. Mm. And we see another Pauline piece in, in, in Galatians chapter 5. Where, where, where Paul talks about the fruits. He gives like a list of good things, and then later he gives like a list of bad things. And, and here in chapter 3 of Second Timothy, we have a list of bad things. If you're looking more like the bad things, 
you might be a false prophet. <laughs> yeah. And as you're as you're looking at the news and you're seeing what's going on, when these people are doing bad stuff, they might be a false prophet. Mm. So I think again, I, I agree with Jesus that you'll know them by the fruits. Yeah. And and I think also like you make a great point when you're talking about look internally, uh, because especially within our culture. Uh, a lot of the decisions that is popular or a lot of the decisions that people encourage other people to do is follow your heart. Mm-hmm. You know, listen to the desires of your heart and you, it won't steer you wrong. Mm-hmm. Now, I can say from personal experience that that was a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, you know, and so, uh, and I think that's, a, you're, you're kind of, um, you touched on something really great here, Michael, just about um, not only looking for the external thing. And I think Jesus even says that the principle of, you know, deal with the log in your eye before you talk Absolutely. Before you deal with the splinter in somebody else's eye. And look at your own heart. Look at your own desire. Are you allowing um, the desires of uh, happiness above all else, personal happiness above all else? Is that dictating your relationship decisions? Is that dictating, you know, if I finally get the right job, that getting hopefully getting that affirmation is that the thing that's dictating that the way you spend your time is your family suffering because you're hoping that your job is going to give you affirmation now see that's an internal thought pattern that is you are basing you know your truth on you're basing your life off of Mm -hmm. and and so that's why i think it's absolutely important to have that own kind of personal assessment Mm -hmm. and you bring up a great point by saying that you'll know by the fruit you'll know by the fruit of the holy spirit if uh, what's what your which direction your desires are taking you, which direction your 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 mind and your heart are going, and are they being like, are you lining them up with scriptures and then allowing God to handle all the rest? Uh, and so, I think you're, I think that's a great point to not only say look externally because we can always point the finger at Washington or culture or all kinds of different things that we could call kind of false prophets or even false teachers, um, which is to not say that they're not, but I think it's very important to look internally too because once uh, once you allow Christ to reign in your heart and you begin to guard that, the external stuff becomes, uh, you may become less susceptible to the external stuff. But if you've got, for, to use the analogy, a Trojan horse in the inside that's already kind of wreaking havoc in your life, mm-hmm. then of course you got wide open gates to the outside army that's coming in with their false teachings and with their yeah. false uh, uh, just ideas of God and who you, who you are. Yeah, And that's why Scripture is a great place to start. Because you mentioned about, you know, not just fire, following the desires of your heart, you know. And in and, and, and 2 Timothy 3, again, just a few pages, you know, turned. Uh, and in verse 10, he says, You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness. And then he, then he continues to, you know, later um, to speak more specifically about how Scripture is, is good. So I, I think that I understand following a heart because I, I, I don't want to put that down too far because the Holy Spirit dwells within us. Mm-hmm. So we, we do have something to lead, guide, and direct us yeah. as, as Christians. Yeah. So I don't, I don't want to put the, the thought of, of our heart you know, down. However, you know, sometimes you question, is this the Holy Spirit speaking mm-hmm. or is this Michael Miller speaking? Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and I think a good place to, to, to check is look in Scripture and see what it says. Yeah. And when, and when Scripture gives you some good advice, uh, follow it, yeah. <laughs> you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I saw I, 
I'm guessing it was for this moment, but I, I really saw a lot of stuff yesterday. Um, just scrolling through Facebook, I saw a bunch of people shared basically the same thing, and it said, um, you know, growth has happened, or you're in the right place when um, you check your own hypocrisy before you go after somebody else's. Mm-hmm. And it was just a lot of those kinds of things. And and um, you know, I think that that really applies in this way too. Like you, you have to really. You know, you said, yes, Jesus lives in our heart, but that's, you know, it, it's the Holy Spirit that's inside of us yes. is what's, it's what's being referred to at the time. And, and I mean, that's what I do all the time is just like, I, I can't tell you, especially since I started this job and I'm, I'm a worship leader now, like, it seems like almost everything I do, I'm like checking myself, like, mm-hmm. okay, is that coming? Especially if anybody's asking me for advice or if they're asking me anything important, I'm always going like, is this me talking or am I letting the spirit speak, you know? And, and uh, I think that's extremely important. And I think that is a good way to analyze it because I know when my walk is closer with the spirit, when something from the outside is a false teaching, Mm -hmm. it it's much more likely and much quicker to fire up something in me that just feels wrong about it and makes Mm -hmm. me check and analyze it Mm -hmm. instead of just accepting it as truth and going along with it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just kind of, I, I wanted to jump to something else, but just something really quick. When it says guard the good deposit, so guard is there's a lot of action involved in that, uh, and I think we brought a lot of application when it comes to just reading scripture. Uh, I think there's a great thing when you can have godly people around you speaking into your life situation that can say, "Hey, here's what I kind of see what's going on," because the Holy Spirit's working in unity uh, there. But also the good deposit, mm-hmm. and I think part of that is just we gotta trust God at His word that He's a good Father, and that the things that He's telling us in Scripture, the guidelines that He's giving us in Scripture, is good. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's gonna be one of I mean that was the thing that Eve struggled with: is God really good? Can He be trusted? You know, He's holding out on me, and that's the constant question that I think we even have to ask when we have you know, a fork in the road when it comes to the desire of our heart or, and maybe something that might be, but that may be contrary to scripture. So where do I go? Do I follow the desire of my heart in this situation or do I follow what God says? And we have to ask that question. Do I really trust that God has my best interest at heart? And so the activity of studying scripture, being around people, being connected in community is going to be a part of guarding it. But you also have to have that resolve to say that I trust God. I trust that he has my best interest at heart. Um, and uh, the other thing that I that kind of sticks out to me, and this I guess this is the other command that you can also see from this chapter, is Paul's telling, reminding him to fan into flame the gift from God. Um, and so kind of going on what we just talked about earlier with application, what do you think that that actually looks like in a day-in, day-out kind of practical way? Fanning the flame? Mm-hmm. Uh, reading scripture, praying and you know what? Another piece that it's funny because I was getting ready to say this, and then and then you asked this question to like line me up perfectly. It's like you know, like T ball. I, like I said, scripture, and 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 pr- your prayer life and being connected with the Holy Spirit, right? But another thing that you can do to fan those flames, and I'm pointing at myself here because since my grandma's passed, I haven't done this, is get a mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that that's. As I studied Second Timothy to prepare for this podcast, that's the thing that really stuck out. Forgive me to go back an observation, but this is like an observation that that moves into application. Mm-hmm. Is that man? I need to find myself a good mentor because um, Paul had you know Paul mentored Timothy, and we can see that that worked out well for him because you know Timothy did great things in Ephesus, 
and and um and I need to, to find good mentorship in my life. Mm-hmm. I need to continue in the scriptures. I need to continue with my prayer life. I need to continue listening to the Holy Spirit. Don't get me wrong, but I but I need to, to mentor. And, I, and I, that's what I would encourage listeners to do is is plug in, you know, find someone that's trustworthy and read the read the rest of this this letter and think about that and and the and the, and the mindset of mentorship and, and and finding the right mentor and take Paul's advice with not listening to false teachers and and being smart with it. But the second application, the second way to fan those flames is beyond yourself. If you fan those flames by, you know, doing the right things and having a mentor and going in the right direction, share that and mentor someone. Mm-hmm. Pass it on. And I'm telling you, I'm preaching to myself here because sure. I, I need a mentor and I need to mentor people. Mm-hmm. And I think that we all need that. And that's that's kind of, you know, you could talk too, too, too on that. Oh, yeah. Well, it adds it adds responsibility to you as well. A sense of responsibility that you're one. If you're being mentored, a good mentor puts you to the test on a mm-hmm. regular basis, and mm-hmm. it makes you have to stay on point. But also, in a different way, if you're mentoring people, it puts you to the test as well because you have to be on point to be able to be walking other people through this. Yeah. And one thing I would say, I know you look like you were about to say something a second ago. Um, one thing I would say. Um, about fanning the flames, one thing that was missed there, I have to say, is worship, I feel. Yeah. Because I actually um, try to do this every week, and I've, I've actually titled it recently, Acuity Worship for Me. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to take, and I know everybody can't do this, but I try to take some time, at least one day a week, where I do, it's like, for me, it's five pillars of what I try to get to, um, but for most people, it would be four. So it would be prayer, be getting in the Word, be worshiping and then also soaking and just sitting quietly and listening and trying to receive from God whatever he's trying to show you and then for me the fifth is I try to also write like song write when I can mm-hmm. with what I'm receiving from him mm-hmm. but that's I think that that is you know kind of along the same lines of what you were saying is just ways to fan the flames and stay connected mm-hmm. yeah you know I'm, I'm missing the, the reference so maybe one of you guys could help me but I'm glad that you mentioned kind of the soaking idea mm-hmm because we are to meditate in the word, and I for, and I think it's in, I might even be in First Timothy. I don't remember, but meditating on the word. Yeah, it, it's also in Psalms one where it yeah. talks about um, a man who meditates on the word day and night. He's like a tree that's firmly planted. I think we're so afraid of like Buddhism and Eastern philosophies and stuff that we're like, don't sit with your legs crossed, man. <laughs> you know, but there's, oh, there's, you there's, might yeah. start floating. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with doing exactly what Brent's talking about, which is quieting your heart and soaking mm-hmm. yeah and just and just because that's something that i've yeah I, I i never used to do new year's resolutions mm-hmm. but i did a new year's resolution last year and it worked and I, and I decided to have some this year and one of them is not really defined or quantitated but is to meditate more mm-hmm. and and what i do and this has really been helping me with like peace and joy um is i pray and then i'll, I'll get it out I get all that stuff out that I want to talk to God about. Yeah. You know, all, all those requests and, and all the praises and all the stuff. And then I just sit in the presence of God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just sit quietly. And if and if God has something to say good, and if he doesn't, then I just enjoy the presence. Mm-hmm. And man, that's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't be, I, I guess, don't be afraid of that. Yeah. Brent, that's good stuff, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, and, and I'll say like in the last six months to a year that I've been doing that, the, the most powerful um, 
revelations that I've had, the most powerful messages that I've received from him have been in that soaking time where he just smacks me upside the head with something and makes it so obvious and clear that I can't deny it. Mm-hmm. And it's been amazing on how it's led me in certain avenues of my life because it also makes you, and maybe this is another one to add to the list, but it makes you be obedient mm-hmm. because it's so obvious that you can't deny it. You're like, okay, all right, you're telling me clearly this is what I'm supposed to do, so I'm going to go do it. Yeah. And it leads you to a whole new place where you wouldn't have gone on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, I mean, that alone might be another way of fanning that flame that we were speaking of. Yeah. And I think it also, fanning the flame brings participation to your relationship with Jesus. Uh, because getting the mentor, uh, getting uh, an opportunity to mentee somebody or so to be discipled and to disciple someone else, um, you're, you're actively pursuing God's kingdom and God's kingdom coming alive in people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, I think it's, it's, it's easy to kind of have jesus is like your co-pilot or jesus as you come out like whenever things go wrong or something like that or just have jesus on sunday morning and then jesus have, take the wheel yeah <laughs> and then uh and then have just like your regular everyday life and compartmentalize things yeah but uh but god has gifted all of us you know it says that when jesus descended and we also ascended he get he gave gifts uh it talks about that in ephesians and uh um you know, God has talked bl- about that a lot. Yeah, in first, in, 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 forget first or second Corinthians, but that's like a big thing. We are all gifted. Yeah, and so um, maybe part of that is not only get connected with people, but have people speak into your life to say, "Where do you see him, that God has gifted me?" And then start working that out. Like start like trying to exercise that gift, uh, build into that gift, and participate in the just the worldwide movement that's going on that God has just bringing his kingdom down here. And, uh, that's just exciting to me. That's exciting to be uh, a part of such something so big, uh, something so grand that is the kingdom of God. And he's using, uh, you know, us three, he's using so many different people in so many different ways. So, um, so find out what that actually looks like for you. Find out the things that God has gifted you with and, uh, begin to start to, uh, just become either a creative or just work through what that looks like to start exercising that within the realm of the kingdom of God, whether it's at your local church, uh, whether it's in a community that you're in, whether it's like one-on-one relationships, uh, whatever it may be, um, you know, go ahead and put a lot of effort to fan the flame, to add more to the fire, mm-hmm. to bring oxygen to, you know, to the you know, flame, if it's a small candle or if it's a, you know, a huge bonfire, continue to build it up so that it continues to spread and become more brother. and more contagious. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, no, sorry, I started rolling No, there. it's good. Um, no, it's the literal version of fanning the flame, right? Is yeah. doing the things that will grow that part of you into who you're meant to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Find your gift, do it. Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> I think that might be a good place to pray. What do you guys think? I think it's great. Yeah, uh, I'd like to volunteer uh, Brent uh, for the prayer. I think that's a it's a good volunteer movement. Yeah, I, I think, think you so. should. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was actually going to volunteer myself anyway oh, today. That was so oh nice. man, that's <laughs> awesome. See, we're just wanting you to fan the flame. That's right, right. fan it. All right, Heavenly Father, I thank you for these uh, brothers around the table with me today. I thank you for the opportunity to be here and share with each other um, to explore your Word. I thank you for the people that are listening today, um, and I ask that. Um, we spoke about false teachers earlier. I, I ask that you would always uh, stay close to our hearts as we are, are, are guiding this podcast so that no false words and no false teachings would ever come out of us here. 
Um, but God, I do just, I thank you so much for who you are and what you're doing in our lives. Um, just continue to, to move through us, God. Continue to help us to, to be in touch with you, to be in relationship with you, um, to, to prioritize you and to know how important it is that we spend time with you um, so that we can continue to grow in our gifts and grow in who we are with you, grow closer and deeper in connection with you and with your Holy Spirit, and um, so that we can continue to just become who you want us to be, God. We just lift you up, and we ask that everything that we do be glorifying and pleasing to you. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us. It's always good to have you back. Um, we are, once again, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and on the Elevation Community Church app. If you want to go to iTunes or Google Play and download that, see what we have going on here at the church. Um, but if you do like this podcast and you like what we're doing, please uh, give us a rating and subscribe um, and share it with people because we really want, um, more than anything, we want the, the Word of God to go out. and We want um, what we're doing here. We feel like this is something that that can be beneficial to a lot of people. It's been beneficial to us, so we hope that it will be to others as well. So um, we hope to see you back next week for episode 15. And other than that, we will talk to you later. You guys have a good week.